This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, the talks that, of course, are aimed at breaking almost three years of the impasse that has been holding us back at Stormont. They're, they're, they'll continue today, these talks. And I, I know some of you just feel off, oh, for goodness sake, not more talks. But they're talking and people are to be praised for discussing the issue and for maybe, just maybe moving it forward to getting us out of the deadlock. But are they making progress? And I had a discussion with people I met in Donegal the last, over the last couple of days and not one of them thought that the talks would fail. Everyone reckoned it would be Thursday. Not everyone reckoned it would be Thursday. The majority of people went for Thursday. It's the anniversary, third anniversary of the collapse. So they were reckoning the, 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 the betting man or woman's money was on Thursday. But everyone did agree that the talks would lead to the resumption of the executive. Let me see if Malachi O'Doherty uh, agrees with all of that. Morning, Malachi. Good morning. Who are these people, Frank? Well, Malachi, they're people from the south who live in the north. You know what I mean? Donegal people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Optimists. Yeah, yeah. They feel they feel they feel generally because you know the way when you're in Donegal for too long, you run out of things to talk about, and you think to yourself, Aye. "Let's have a yarn about Stormont." Everybody thought that the the parties were grandstanding, and they're they eventually cave in because of the thirteenth deadline. I know they could put it up to the Secretary of State and he might have to bring in new legislation and avoid an election, but the overall thinking of the man, woman and child, sort of teenage child in Donegal would be there'll be an agreement on Thursday. Well, let's try and read the chessboard. Um, first of all, for the DUP and Sinn Féin, there's a major problem. Uh, that they face, which which would suggest they should make a deal and get in and get back, and that is that they have seen their votes collapse. You know, not collapse totally, but they've seen a marked decline in their vote, and therefore, in a sense, they they know they are facing uh, a wider community in Northern Ireland, which is losing faith in them very quickly, and which. Uh, uh, you know, with the health workers' strike and 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 the general depletion of the national health service and of the education provision and so on, people think something has to be done. These are the people to do it. Let them get back to work, sort it out, and that that's fairly simple and that's a very strong. 
pressure on those parties. The other pressure on the parties is that uh, essentially they, you know, if they're losing standing and they're lo- then they're also losing money and they're losing they're losing opportunities to grow as a political party. Every political party needs to regenerate itself. It needs new people coming in, joining in, seeking employment within it, seeking to run for election in it. They need things to do. The trouble for the the trouble for us is that that tends to affect the smaller parties more than the bigger ones, um, and there you begin to see a possible advantage to the bigger parties in installing a bit further if that option is open to them. For instance, I think um, uh, I think if you I think the the Ulster Unionist Party is in some difficulty. I can't see the Ulster Unionist Party facing into another four years or more, you know, before there's an election and being able to maintain even a leadership structure. I mean, we don't know, but I mean, I mean the, the, the word on the grapevine is, is that they're having it, they're having it difficult. And uh, the SDLP is thinking, well, you know, the SDLP is feeling quite upbeat at the moment because they've got Claire Hanna and Colm Eastwood into, into Westminster and they'll be appointing new uh, uh, replacements for them in the, in the Assembly and so on. I think, I think this week and so that'll all look quite energetic but if I was the DUP what would I worry about I would worry about on the one hand that I'm going to lose votes in the, in this uh, election unless I you know commit and unless I uh, uh, have a strong uh, program for government that's some determination to make this work and I can convince people that I will make it work and that is more than simply agreeing a deal on Thursday that is, you know, you could be go- they could be going into this election grudgingly and apparently grudgingly, conspicuously and obviously grudgingly, and that could hit them badly as well. They also look into a year ahead where we're going to have the trade negotiations uh, with the European Union. And if they're sitting in an assembly alongside Sinn Féin at that time, taking divergent views on how that should go, making contrary statements against each other on, on their, in their responses to the development of those negotiations, then we're going to have a continuing sense of a, of a broken and dysfunctional assembly, potentially. And the other thing the DUP has to worry about is that they get into an assembly in the first couple of weeks and then the RHI inquiry report comes out. And what does that do? That, well, you know, we know what it does. It potentially uh, topples the leadership of Arlene Foster, I think, is what it does. So what are but the people... So, what, so Yeah, so, so, so far, you, you have a long list there of reasons why they'll not agree something by and Thursday. And why they should agree. I mean, there's two sides. These are the calculations you have to make. I mean, they have to, you know, uh, the, the danger... Uh, they face they face huge risks either way they go. What were you going it to say about so Sinn Féin? Because I, 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 people will be clear. people will be on your every word with your opinion on Sinn Féin. <laughs> well, Sinn Féin's vote has gone down sharply as well, so they've got a problem. But the question with Sinn Féin, as with the DUP, is: Do they want what they say they want? You know, do you know? Are they as committed to this? Uh, you know, the 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 suspicion of Sinn Féin is that it's much more interested in the border poll. That's not a suspicion. It's something they're they're fairly candid about. It is they they clearly want a border poll. They want to work towards a united Ireland. And there has to be a wary a suspicion that an assembly which works well and functions and stabilises Northern Ireland and is stable within Northern Ireland puts off the border poll and puts off a united Ireland. That's that's the that's the. Uh, you know, the alternative readings available to you of what the Sinn Féin project is. On the one hand, they're a political party 
who need to have jobs for people and they need to grow and they need to generate uh, income for themselves and uh, and you know you look at the pattern of the, the Labour Party in England, it starts off as a big socialist movement and essentially it becomes a standard political party and it makes things work and that's how democracy and parliamentary systems work. They create institutional structures within which parties bed down and function and it's about jobs and continuity and stability more than it's about the long-term revolution and the, the hopes of some people at the start of the peace processes that that would be the effect on Sinn Féin and it would become um, a straight least a normal political party in that way and give up on its wider revolutionary uh, objectives. But we don't know. It may well be that there are still voices within Sinn Féin who would say, you know, that um, uh, if you get the assembly going and you get it uh, and you sit down with the uh, DUP and you get this thing ticking over nicely and we're seen to be a responsible political party, then that's all well and good. But where does that leave our big uh, project of producing a border poll? Uh, where does our, that leave our project of, of bringing about a united Ireland? And there may be voices who would say, you know, uh, uh, we have a far better chance of getting that if we still re- retain our, uh, uh, our revolutionary credentials, if we still uh, hold the DUP's feet to the fire, if we, uh, and if we refuse to simply stabilise Northern Ireland and, and make things work. So, so it's, it's, you know, how attainable is that goal of a border poll? How preferable is it to, to making things work here and so on? But the other thing that's happening is we've got this huge emergence of what I call the secular tendency, the middle ground, the vote that's going to the Alliance Party and to the Green Party and the other parties, that whole kind of uh, attitude that has grown up uh, within a generation in Northern Ireland which says, that the old uh, binary of nationalism versus unionism is irrelevant and is pointless and is destructive and corrosive and 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 those those people are voting for the alliance party the alliance party has been the, the one that's been gaining in recent elections and the Alliance Party is the one that will gain in this coming election very likely uh, still continuing at the expense of the DUP and Sinn Féin unless the DUP and Sinn Féin can generate some enthusiasm about the, the, the new arrangements and that's, that's hard to see you know that's hard to see it's hard to see people getting all giddy and excited the way they did in in 98 or in 2007 you know ab- about a new deal now okay so okay. so so Malachi, so uh, there you are yeah you yeah. know you've, you've given us it from all roads and directions as they'd say in Donegal now uh, the the conversation finished around a cheery fire uh, uh, there uh, uh, with with this line with from drink taken well, the drink right. was taken by some people and I was I was only observing I was not I was not hosting this right. I was simply observing and uh, the, right. the person who would have been claiming to have been the host would have sat his glass down at the end and said pick a day deal or no deal so if there is a deal pick the day there will be a deal or maybe you're going to say no deal what are you going for deal or no deal and if there is a well, deal pick a day I want to go for one or the other I just want this to be realistic and see you know I'm, I'm not Arlene Foster making her political calculations yeah, but, you're, not, but you're in Donegal now you're around the fire you have to choose this week between now and Monday the 13th Deal or no deal? Well, if I'm in my cups and I'm having a bit of a blather and I'm just showing off in front of everybody and whatever, then I would probably say there's mileage in calling the Secretary of State's bluff. I would say, you know, uh, if they don't make a deal this week, 
and he is faced with a decision to call an election for uh, uh, next Monday. And he's faced with this election being a phony election because the parties haven't come to an agreement. Then I, if I were, then I might back off if I was him. So I would say, I would say his position is nearly more difficult than anyone else's, and uh, and that's how it's been in the past with previous secretaries of state. I mean, if he's got the, you know, so it sounds great, you know, we're calling an election, right? You refuse to agree, we're calling the election. An election to what? An election to, you know, to bring together two parties which can't even agree, which haven't made any agreement. What are they even going to be election, uh, you know, electioneering on? You know, um, you know, you will, you will then get a, an election campaign in which will be uh, Sinn Féin saying, well, we're, we want this to work, but still we have our demands. The DUP saying, we want this to work, but the, uh, the Sinn Féin won't come in with us. And the, the Alliance Party saying, vote for common sense, vote for people who are going to make this work and, and stand with us. And, you know, and, uh, and I don't know, you could, you could get a further Alliance surge out of that, but would you actually get a sitting assembly? You know, um, and at the end of it, who's going to look like they've got most egg in their faces if that happens? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Um, but, uh, you know, every previous process that we've had that has tried to impose a deadline on these parties has given ground on the deadline. Okay. And, uh, you know, and that, that, and we should have, we should be well acquainted with that. We know that that has happened. Maliki, really appreciate your input. Thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, Maliki O'Doherty. Um, Alex Kane is uh, listening to all of that. Good morning, Alex. Morning, Frank. Uh, just in case you joined... Happy joined, New Year, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm saying, just in case you joined us uh, late, I was listening to people discussing this in Donegal, and yes, some of them had drink taken, there's a cheery fire, and they'd run out of other things to talk about. And they more or less agreed that there would be a deal. It would happen this week, and most likely on Thursday. Um, Malachi, he feels, no, the bluff of the Secretary of State may be called, and he'll have to make some sort of decision on Monday, which of course could be extending legislation to you know, allow the civil servants to be as chirpy as they are at the moment and there'd be no election. Um, how, how, do you, how do you read it? Deal or no deal and which day if there is a deal? Ooh, um, yes, I think there'll be a deal. Normally, as you know, I'm the one who says there won't be a deal for the past three years. I've said it at every occasion. It's not happening. I know we're close to it. There's something different in, 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 the, in the undergroup this time, Frank. There is, there is something going on there. Um, my instinct is, where I will agree with Maliki, well, let's say, my instinct is a deal will be done. I think they are all up for a deal. Um, in, in because for all sorts of reasons, primarily I think because in, in terms of Northern Ireland, there isn't an election due for another three or four years. You know, they, they, we're not expecting a, a sudden general election or local government elections or euro elections or any of that. So if if either of them is going to do, take some sort of risk, now is the very best time to take that risk because they have breathing space of at least two two and a half years to see, let things settle, bed down, see what happens and so on. So part of my instinct is that, yes, I mean, it, there isn't, in, in terms of, of, of the, the game, Maliki referred to the, the, you know, looking at the chessboard, in terms of the game, there probably isn't a better time than there is at the moment to do this deal, particularly if it means a bit of compromise for both Sinn Féin and the DUP. 
My instinct, though, is that it may not be done this week. It may the, the, the Secretary of State does have the power to stop the clock. We've seen that happen many times. At, you know, five to midnight on Monday, he just stops it and remains five to midnight on Monday until Wednesday or Thursday, and so on. So I think all of that is in play because if he calls an election, only two, if he calls an election. That, that's hugely difficult for him because he's calling to an election on the basis that the parties haven't agreed. And the other thing, and he will have done this, his people will, will, will have looked at the figures here. Yes, the Alliance Party could take another two or three seats, most likely taken from um, the Ulster Unions, by the way, rather than any other party. The SDLP could possibly pick up a seat. That's possible too. But when the election is over, the chances seem to me to be still very much in favour of the DUP and Sinn Féin remaining the two largest parties so we're back to square one. Immediately the day after the election, the day, the minute the ballot box is closed and we know the results, Secretary State looks at you, nothing has changed. I'm still having the deal with Arlene Foster and Michelle O'Neill and the DUP and Sinn Féin. So I think even though he knows he's a, he is bound by legislation, I think they will. he will be trying to find a way around this. And if he thinks it requires the DUP and Sinn Féin to have a little more time, he will give them that. As we stand right now, Frank, my instinct remains. That certainly we. I would be surprised, genuinely surprised, if the executive wasn't up and running, you know, by the end of this month. Just remind us for people who have glazed over considering politics is what it is in Northern Ireland, what the stumbling blocks are. Everyone talks about the Irish Language Act. Is is it is it down to that really? Is it the petition of concern? Is there is there more to it than those two strands? Well, yes, I will. One of the big things is, Frank, it, it's the trust thing. And I know people say, oh, I think they don't have to like each other. They don't have to get on. And so it matters when you're dealing with issues like legacy, when you're dealing with issues about governing Northern Ireland collectively, when you're dealing with issues about what's best in the long-term interests of Northern Ireland, when you're dealing against all of that, against the background of a numbers game where both sides are adding up more unionists, less unionists, more nationalists, less nationalists, what would happen in two years' time, what would happen in five years' time, all of that's in play. In terms of the Irish language, um, I think the, the, the difficulty there is the DUP cannot cannot sell an Irish language act uh, as a standalone act. It, they couldn't do it. They could. There are ways around. There are possibilities that if you make it. A, I mean, and Arlene Foster's mentioned it over the past couple of years in conference speeches. A, a broader cultural act which embraces not just languages but other other cultural artifacts and things that matter, not simply to both sides here, but to a broader community. All of that remains in play. Difficulty is. The DUP have had four years. You go back to 2017 when, when Mark McGuinness' resignation letter and um, the, the, the issues that were at play there, the Irish languages at play there. I mean, we're coming up to the fourth year of this issue. I get no particular feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I get no particular feeling that the DUP has been able to convince its own base or key members of its party that an Irish language act is livable with. And the TUV don't want it. The UUP don't want it. The PUP don't want it. Loyalism generally doesn't want it. So the DUP would need something quite substantial to be able to run that past. And in terms of the petitioner concern, this sounds like one of those little things, and I, I, I know it confuses people. Uh, I don't mean that in an insulting way, by the way, in terms of how it plays out. The fear of the DUP, because they no longer have a majority, because unionism no longer has a majority in the Assembly, their fear is that it would be that even if they didn't get Irish language through on this on this particular deal, 
they might get it through a, a, a private member's bill, they might get it through some other way. And with the petition of concern change, it means the DUP couldn't stop it by, by, by votes alone. They couldn't just pluck 30 votes or 32 votes and say, we stop this. But it isn't just the Irish language, it isn't just a, a whole, I mean, it's licensing laws, it's legacy issues. There's so many issues that in the absence of a petition of concern, would be able to trundle through the Assembly on the basis of a majority vote, which would not be in the Unionist favour. Again, that's a very, very difficult sell for them, Frank. And my, and I, I, I don't just just on that, just, 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 just on what you were talking about, the diff- difficult selling, you named every strand of unionism and you made reference to loyalism as, as well. What, what is it about the Irish Language Act that spooks people under all those umbrellas? Because they believe, rightly or wrongly, they believe that um, it's part of a bigger game. That this isn't just about you know recognising uh, and giving equality to to a, a, what they would the nationalist and republican community would we call a primary language. It is their language. It is they are the indigenous population. This was always their language, and so on. I mean, um, you know, we want equality, weren't right? So, but there's a section of unionism. Indeed, all of unionism, I suspect, fears. But that it's just another. You give the Irish language. Everything's going to be in Irish. It, feet signs will be in Irish. Road tests will be in Irish. Somebody wants to serve in the shop in Irish. That will be their job. Somebody wants to put petrol in your car in a billing station. They'll be able to speak to you in Irish. And, and 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 some of that sounds trivial, Frank. Some of it sounds far fetched. Some of it is probably not even close to the truth. But there's a fear within unionism that this is all part of of a unity project. It might have helped if over the past three or four years. Um, Sinn Féin hadn't turned everything into a, from the union perspective oh it's a unity project, we've had um, uh, Michelle O'Neill, Mary Lou McDowell we've had uh, McDonald, we've had um, uh, a number of other senior Sinn Féin people over the past few months and now is the time for unity, unity must come now telling the Irish government to set up you know, the, the mechanisms, demanding that it be pushed forward, demanding the border poll so again factor all that in Frank and there's that sense across unionism and uh, you know that there, there's something bigger going on that they're no longer in control and also bear in mind Frank that unionism has still not got fully adapted and adopted to the reality that in the Assembly, in Belfast City Council in Derry City Council, in so many other, even Westminster now they no longer represent the majority from Northern Ireland they, see, they judge everything now in terms of whether they think it does further damage to them. And I think that's what it is. If you ask most people about what, what is the actual, the actual outworkings of the Irish language, most of them honestly couldn't tell you. But I couldn't honestly tell you what all the, uh, the outworkings and all might be. I'm not sure that even Sinn Féin have a full idea of what it would be, but I just know I've been in the game long enough to know that across unionism there is this very real, deep-seated fear that this is a move against unionism and nothing at all to do with equality for everyone. In the so they, 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 they see it as a Trojan horse? I think they say more than uh, uh, I mean Trojan horse or something you might suspect they don't even see the Trojan part of this they just see this you know as openly unashamedly nakedly you know anti-unionist and this is the case of oh maybe there's a you know there's, there's someone in the belly of this particular horse they believe what you're saying you see the whole thing right now and that, that probably spooks them even more there's simply the fact that they they, they would some of them would argue that the nationalism republicanism isn't even trying to pretend that an Irish language act would change the, the political dynamics in Northern Ireland. They, 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 there is no pretense of that at all. Again, that, it's all, everything in politics, Frank, when it comes down to identity, and you and I have had this conversation many times, on both sides, every issue, every single issue is measured against the damage or the progress, you know, the advantage or disadvantage to your own sense of identity. And an Irish language act 
as it stands, as it has been presented by the DUP, as it has been discussed by the DUP across unionism, I can't hear one single unionist voice standing up and saying, this is an advantage for us, there is nothing to fear in this from us, I'm not hearing that. Even the most liberal, moderate voices, I'm not hearing them say that. Okay, Alex, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Frank. Take care. Uh, Alex Kane and Malachi O'Doherty here on U105. Your opinions after this. Morning. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the U105 phone in 02890 is the best number to get us on. Marie's on the slide. Morning, Marie. Hello, Frank. Now, what's on your mind? Frank, I am sick of these politicians. Could you tell me how many of them are there? Many politicians in Stormont. Just a bit, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to rejig my rejig my headphones for for a little second, um, so as I can I can hear you clearly as clearly I can can be. Uh, let me see, uh, Marie, can you can you hear me now? I can hear you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you. Gonna come to you back back to you in in just a second. Do do stay with me. Here at U105, we believe you should always be well happy. Download the U105 app and take it everywhere you go. Hear all your favorite feel-good music, the latest news, competitions, and more. Available from the App Store and Google Play. This is U105. Good morning, Marie. I've got you clearly now, I think. Go ahead, Marie. Uh, far, right. far away, what's your point? Right. How many politicians are there in Stormont? How many politicians are there in Stormont? It's, it's the 90 mark yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Really? Ninety. Ninety. Uh huh. And they're all getting about forty thousand or more a year. 
Um, uh, the average salary, it's been cut recently. They're not getting as much as that now. I think they're down more to the uh, 33, 34 grand. Some of them are, of course, some of them are former ministers have had a, a cut as well. They're not getting as much as they used well, to get, but, but it's still, it is, it's costing, it's costing millions. It should be cut a lot more. And to tell you the truth, they should throw the whole lot of them out, except darling, and get new ones in. That's a great line. Hold on, let me stop you there, Marie. That, that is a line that will ring in my head for a while to come. You want all the politicians at Stormont out. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, this is the crucial bit. Except darling. Yeah. Well, why, 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 would, why, would you give, why would you give Arlene her salary and none of the rest of them? I trust her. I think she's honest, believable. I think she is sensible. She's been through a lot. The rest of them are just in it for money. They don't give a damn about the ordinary people. I tell you, for instance, I got a card from Naomi Long. Dear Mary, blah, 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 blah. She doesn't know me from Alan. And where was she when I was ill? And had no money. And nobody to care for me. Where was she then? She sent me a note when she wanted elected. But obviously you're in her constituency. You must be in East Belfast and she would be writing out to... But but hold on, hold on. Do I say this in her her defence now that you've criticised her so so openly? Yeah, hold hold on now. The reality reality is that um, she would be electioneering like a lot of other uh, politicians electioneering and she would have sent a generic letter probably out to potential voters in, in the hope that they would recognise that she's standing and that you might vote for her. It's not It's not no. really an offer to come round and look after you when you're sick. It's just asking for a vote. No. The rest of you get a card from me, you get something to say about their election. But she actually sent a letter. Where's me? What the hell is she doing? But I tell you, I would rather sit and talk to a Pope than sit and talk to her. I would, I, would, would that be? Would, but Murray, would that be a big step for you to sit and talk to the Pope? Yeah, I'd rather sit and talk to the Pope than sit and talk to her, because she doesn't give a damn. She forgets where she comes from. She came from a wee one down, two up, and East Belfast. That's a hell of a nod-shaped house, if you don't mind me saying, but a fair play to her if she was living in one of those. She just had the one down and the two up above. That sounds, that sounds to me yeah. like some sort of uh, architectural award-winning s- structure, that. But go ahead, that's, that's where Naomi's from. Far away, far away. But she's turned all the people from East Belfast against her. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a wee second. Hold on, just to I check her return on her votes there at the European election. Gosh, it, does, oh. it doesn't look like as if they turned against her. They they elected her. Well, I don't know why. She must have paid them. 
oh, that's, uh, you know, maybe she wrote out to them and maybe they accepted what she said in, in the in the letter. But, Marie, you know, I know I'm sort of putting my tongue in my cheek slightly while I'm speaking to you, but the nuts and bolts of what you're saying is that you're very much in favour of one politician in Northern Ireland and you're very critical of the Alliance Party. Would that be, would that be a fair assessment? Yes. I like the Ulster Unionists. But anyway, the same as... What are they doing, Frank? They're getting... I live in £200 a week. It's, what, £10,000 a year? They're getting 40000 30000 40000 a year. What for? What are they doing? Well, hopefully they're having conversations today to answer the criticism from people like yourself, Marie. They are having meetings at Stormont. Maybe they're going to go back to work and do the jobs that you would like them to do. And if that isn't the case, unfortunately, unfortunately uh, for you, Marie, one of the options isn't Arlene doing it on her own. If, if you know, I know you've said that she's the one that could do it almost on a solo run but that that isn't an option so uh, if you have a choice between our local politicians or the Tory government who would you want running Northern Ireland? Our government you want them to get back and do their job? There's a call from a woman in East Belfast called Marie to all you politicians, uh, with the exception of Arlene, who she, she loves. So, Arlene, if you're listening, uh, you're getting the, the thumbs up. Naomi, you're caught in the, the storm here because you had the audacity to send her a letter. How, how dare you do that? But it's just a reminder of how difficult it is for politicians, I think, and how the electorate read them. And everyone is entitled to their opinion. And uh, Marie's opinion is welcome on the programme. Marie, uh, thank you. Uh, Irene's got a point. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Frank. What planet is that woman Marie living on? Eileen Foster is the last person I would give a salary to. I was talking to a gentleman who wanted to make an appointment to go and speak to Eileen Foster. Do you know the reply he got? Mrs Foster does not see anyone. Now what's she getting her salary for? Well, I'd have to now jump to the defence. God, I'm going to have to go around every politician and defend them here on the air this morning. No, 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 no. There's one person I Hold on a minute, Frank. There's one person I would definitely give a salary to, and that's Dolores Kelly. Okay, we'll get to Dolores in a moment. Hold on, hold on. Let me me say this in the defence of Arlene Foster. She does have surgeries. She does meet her constituents. She does have an open door to people who would elect her and indeed she would argue to those that don't elect her as a public representative. So to say that she doesn't meet people is, is unfair. It's actually unfair to any, well, of, her, any, any of her politicians. <laughs> that was one of her staff told this gentleman, Arlene Foster does not see anyone. Now, why did he say that if she has her surgeries or whatever you want to call them? But like I say, Frank, and another point I'm going to make is, if these Egypts aren't back by next week, the Secretary of State 
for Northern Ireland is going to call an assembly election. Possibly, yes. Why are they going to waste people's money on putting the same Egypt back in again? Yeah, but it's and not... you know th- that's going to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, but but hold happen. on, hold on, oh, Irene, Irene. Oh, no, hold you, Jan, Yeah, but who's, it's the not the Irish Secretary of State. Right. You're, saying, you're saying the same Egypt will be back in. It's not the Secretary well, of right. State's fault that that's, that's going to happen. But, no, but what I'm saying is, why is he going to call an election? Because the people here are going to put the same Egypt back in again to do the same thing, take their salary... Now, if you weren't doing your job, would you get paid? Of, of course not, but democracy... There you go. Democracy dictates that we select our representatives through an election. And if people stand and they get elected, they are the representatives, whether you like it or I like it or Marie likes it or not, they are the people who got the, the mandate. I guess... But they're going to be put back in again. It's going to spend people's money, Frank, on an election, a useless election. Because the same people are going to be voted back in again not to do their job. So what's the way around it? Uh, Would you want direct rule? I think, yes, to make them sit up on their seats, take the money away from them. And put, take Eileen Foster and the Sinn Féin out of it. Put them into the normal people. Put Naomi Long, Unionist, SDLP, into Stormont as the First Minister and Deputy First Minister and let them get on with it. They want to work. So ignore, you're saying ignore, you're saying ignore the electorate then. Get rid of the two main parties. Get rid of those two and put them back with the normal people and put the ones that want to work in. They don't want, they're arguing over. And that woman said she would trust, she's an honest person, Eileen Foster. Yes, well, I'm not, we're not, I'm not going to further analyse any individual politician, and especially when we talk about a term that's uh, being used as, as in honesty. Uh, so let's not uh, use that term about any particular uh, individual when we're speaking on the radio. But you, you were, you, I interrupted you when you were about to praise Dolores Kelly. Why, why are you going to praise her? Oh, yes, because I was with a friend out shopping one day, and we met Dolores, and my friend said, how do you go about getting an elect, you know, your voting card? Dolores says, have you not got one? No. Give me your address. I'll get a form sent to you. Leave it in with me in the morning. I'm going down to the electoral office, and I'll hand it in. Before my friend got home, the form was through her door. She left it with Dolores, and she got her voting card. And then did she vote Sinn Féin? No. No, she did not. She voted SDLP. <laughs> Dolores Kelly, SDLP. <laughs> I have to be up early to catch you out, Irene. Irene, listen, thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. It's, it's gone a quarter to ten. Um, there's something about those last few calls, and it more or less sums up to me the whole issue of how difficult it is to be a politician in Northern Ireland, how difficult it is to discuss politics in Northern Ireland, and maybe how challenging it is to understand the electorate in Northern Ireland. 
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.